Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of House of House. I'm Lenny Burnham. And I'm Andrew Taven, and today's episode is Euphoria Part 1. It's where uh, Zendaya and Sydney Sweeney and all those scenes... <laughs> no, it's not! That's not what happens. It's about where a uh, cop uh, starts having a Joker disease and laughing a whole bunch... And then he uh, is taken to Princeton Plainsboro. Uh, Foreman goes to check out his apartment, try and figure out what's wrong. And uh, Foreman gets infected with Joker disease. And then they have to be put in a room together. They hash out uh, early 2000s uh, cop uh, politics. And then the guy dies incredibly painfully. uh, And we get a to be continued as Foreman sees his fate to come. Yeah, and our guest on this episode is Katie Wright, host of Bread Easton Hell Yes, which is on hiatus, but is coming back from hiatus soon because Brett's bibliography just came back from hiatus. <laughs> thank you for yeah. being here, Katie. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, if Brett would just become more prolific, I would be back into a <laughs> corner where I had to podcast regularly, but thankfully he's averaging like a book every five to 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> perfect um uh, but yeah i'm excited so to be back. katie do you do you want to talk about your hollywood insider connection to this episode of house thank you so much yes i absolutely do i'm so excited to talk about this episode of house because it my sophomore uh math teacher mrs campbell one day said everybody I want to talk to you. This isn't about math, but I want to talk to you all about how you should chase your dreams, whatever your dreams are, because you can accomplish your dreams. My son did it. He wanted to be an actor. And I said, that's crazy. Scott Michael Campbell, you will, that's not a career. And, but he did it. He went to an acting school. He worked hard. He moved to LA and now he's a working actor. And that man grew up to play the cop with the Joker disease on this episode of House. Um, And I feel a really personal connection to Scott Michael Campbell because like growing up in Montana, it is not the norm to have like a second or third degree connection to a celebrity or even a working actor. Like this was like huge. And and he even came to my drama class one time. Yeah, I remember that. And what I will say about Scott Michael Campbell is you see him and he looks like, you know, a character actor. He'll play some guy. In person, there is some kind of Hollywood magic juice on him. He was a fucking hunk. He was so hot. I was floored when I saw him in person. And I don't remember a single thing he said to our drama class, but I do remember that he was beautiful. (laughs) I remember one thing he said, which he was like, he had an advantage uh, breaking in because it was like, the late nineties when there was a sudden wave of teen shows and he was fortunate to have like a baby face. So that was like what gave him his break, <laughs> which as someone who is from the same city as him and also has been cursed with looking like a teenager through all of adulthood, it has not benefited me at all. So I'm very That's jealous. That's very fucked up. Yeah. Born 10 years too late. Yeah. Uh, it also, so the, uh, the, wiki says that both hugh laurie and scott michael campbell had previously quote unquote starred in flight of the phoenix together yes yes, yes. we watched flight of the phoenix in my math class did you just get to watch all so of his cool. stuff <laughs> we only got to watch flight of the phoenix 
She wasn't. I know. She showed us that movie. I, I, a, a delight. What a wonderful time. That was my favorite unit in math. Was the Scott McCandle yeah. unit. I the hope that the was, next yeah. year that she started showing Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. She was, Mrs. Campbell was the first person I ever heard of Brokeback Mountain from because Scott Michael Campbell <laughs> was in it. She, when she was talking about Scott, she was like, he's in this upcoming movie and it has, it has Heath Ledger and it has Jake Gyllenhaal. It's about two cowboys who fall in love. And this was 2006. So we were all like, with each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lord, that there would ever be a movie about gays. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a great film. I no, I mean, I, I really think I do think Brokeback Mountain is a great film. Uh, it's almost remarkable. Maybe I, I get them. I think I was I associate someone like Ang Lee with someone like M Night Shyamalan primarily because they're both covered by blank check. But that being said, <laughs> they both they do both stick out to me as people who have made like a couple near perfect films and then a bunch of very interesting weirdo projects. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's weird that you think that, like, wow, I can't believe the same person who made um, The Sixth Sense and that early in his career went on to make, like, Lady in the Water and mm -hmm. uh, Signs. And you think of, like, uh, Ang Lee and you're like, wow, the guy who made Brokeback Mountain, a movie which, like, I think at the time people, even though it got mostly oscar snubbed right because they weren't uh courageous enough to didn't it or my crash is just such a good movie yeah it's like uh, if it, it goes up against something like crash what are you gonna do <laughs> i think um, it got a lot of nominations did he let it not get nominated there was like some significant snub i think around it right let's the, see because I think I it was like also I autumn I like reflexively said it's a great movie. I don't necessarily feel like it's a great movie, but I do like it. I think it's a sexy movie. I think uh, it holds up. I remember like the I saw it for I the first time in like the early twenty or no. What did I say? Actually, I think I saw it not actually in the last like I don't know five years. So, so I saw it like much more recently, and I remember thinking like, oh, this isn't just like. Ooh, it's an Oscar-y Oscar movie. It's so important. Like it was like, no, it's a good movie. Like it's it's just good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. It did. Uh, just real quick, nominations: Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor Heath Ledger, Best Supporting Actor Jake Gyllenhaal, Best Supporting oh, okay. Actress Michelle Williams. So they just didn't Best win. Best Adapted Screenplay, it... Cinematography, and Original Score. Yeah, I think it just didn't win any. It just didn't. Oh, win. it won Best Director and it won Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay, so we got. I mean, it didn't really get snubbed. Yeah. Yeah. Best never Actors, mind. I guess, didn't really get didn't win anything. That's not saying anything. I don't think we can fairly say it got snubbed. No, I think I, th I don't think it did. I think, yeah, but it is funny. But it is hilarious like... that it lost to Crash. Yeah, and that <laughs> Ang Lee also made, like, Gemini Man and uh, Taking Woodstock. I love also Taking Woodstock. He was like, aha, another uh, gay love story. Uh, and I will cast. I don't know that one. Have you not seen it? Is that the one with Jonathan Groff? Uh, it's the one with Dimitri Martin. <laughs> Lead actor Dimitri I, Martin. Yes, and, I haven't wow. seen it. I know of it. I, I love the idea that a stand-up comedian with no acting ability could be in a potential Oscar buzzy movie that is bad. Um, but uh, as someone who, who does like Dimitri Martin and who thinks that, I think people sometimes are like, well, we all love Dimitri Martin. He's good. He's talented. Um, I liked that uh his sketch show 
was an experiment in all the ways you could do sketches with a central comedian who cannot act. And it works. <laughs> They're funny. It works. It's a good show. And he's funny. He, he just show. is not an actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, by the way, yeah. it did have Jonathan Groff. I was thinking of the correct movie. Okay. And Liev Schreiber. Mm. Wow. And Eugene Levy. That's right. Let's keep coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Eugene oh. Levy, who even when he's in a quote-unquote serious co- dramedy like Taking Woodstock, I think still ends up in the fucking uh, – Mr. Levinson role where he's like, uh, um, oh, wow, I love that you call Jim's dad Mr. Levinson. This is a hardcore fan over here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, the I, Dimitri, I had some of your brownies and now your mother and I are feeling far out. <laughs> That's um, pretty solid, Eugene Levy. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, if I can just say one more thing about Scott Michael Campbell. Um, yes. I did look him up on IMDb just before this. I was I was worried his career had fizzled, but he's he's still working. And uh, one recent credit is that he was in five episodes of Under the Banner of Heaven as Brigham Young. Wow, wow that's <laughs> huge. Yeah, I've heard like pretty bad things about that show, but now I want to watch it because sure. I'm a Campbell head. Yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah, I love your math teacher being like, and now today we're going to watch Euphoria Part 1. You all like, what happened? Yes. She was like, I don't care. My son's not in the follow-up episode. <laughs> she um, turns it off right before he goes into a coma. Yeah. And then he woke up and he was fine. Yeah. And then uh, and then Foreman said, wow, I guess he got better and I have nothing to worry about. Um, I respect the police. Yeah. This So this one opens up with uh, our friend. Uh, Mr. Campbell, uh, chasing a um, a suspect named Baby Shoes. Yes. Um, baby Shoes for never sale. <laughs> yeah, Baby Shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he chases him like into a dumpster, and then he um. This is also very much shot like a cop show, as opposed to like a usual house opening. It's got different lighting. Uh, and also I wrote down parkour PD only on Fox. Cause this is like a real <laughs> jumping around, running around street chase. And, uh, the guy, baby shoes, he starts laughing and he's like reading baby shoes, fake Miranda rights, which unfortunately with our current SCOTUS, I think the arrest would probably hold up. Uh, they'd be like, uh, well, well, certainly the plaintiffs have shown that, uh, he did not correctly read the rights. We think he did his best job. And who are we to judge the police? <laughs> Which is, it's someone who listens to the 5-4 podcast about... Uh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Good good podcast. High rec- highly recommend. Um, it's amazing, even with, like, the, the Supreme Court justices who are otherwise better on a lot of issues. When it comes to cases with cops, they all just go, who are we? Uh, the people <laughs> supposed to enforce the Constitution... To tell a cop they can't do whatever they want. Um, there's I really yeah. love Baby Shoes's reactions in this scene of just like slowly going from like a normal like I'm being chased by a cop to being like I'm just concerned as a citizen now about this man. Yeah, <laughs> we have to be careful. There's an outbreak of Joker disease among the cops yes. <laughs> coming for us. He's so he takes a shot at him, and we get like a super cool Matrix slow mo of the bullet like hitting his. Uh, badge and then like 
breaking into fragments, three of which like lodge themselves in his head. And he's just like Joker laughing slash Walter White <laughs> laughing as the camera pulls up. Um, and he's, yeah, he's taken in and uh, they are still, they, it ends up being relevant. As it begins, Cameron and Foreman are still sniping over the goddamn article <laughs> that Foreman stole from her like three episodes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, the they also turns out uh, they go to check out his apartment or they send Foreman to check out his apartment, and when you leave it, this guy's a dirty cop, literally. <laughs> his, I I really respect just how disgusting they made it. It's I I like that also he kind of says like I didn't have a chance to clean up like he's like it's like <laughs> pathology. I didn't have disgusting. a chance to clean up the past fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like they're like you know would there be anything in your house? Would there be mold or anything? He's like I keep a pretty clean home. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah, <laughs> and then it cuts to, to this nightmare. Yeah, yeah. That's the, probably Kyle. the most realistic portrayal of cops in this is just like <laughs> confidently being like, "Oh no, I keep it clean." <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he is uh, undergoing Joker disease and making a bunch of jokes. So, like to him, he's probably like, "Ha, it's funny. It's because I it's not clean." But like, they don't know. <laughs> they aren't aware. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's goofing around. Like I said, really Jokerified. Um, yeah laughing uh they're like any gas uh leaks or something and he's like yeah me after i have an enchilada and i like that because it's a stupid joke that like a cop with joker disease would make not like a 100 yes <laughs> yeah um and uh i also think do you live near any gas sources is like kind of a dumb question like doesn't everybody yes. <laughs> answer <is good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they think he might have like carbon monoxide poisoning and House is like, oh, he could have gotten it and then went outside. Um, they're just kind of grasping at stuff right now. Uh, I thought it was very funny that Cameron was like, oh, he got carbon monoxide poisoning outside and House is like, <laughs> he could have gotten it inside and then gone outside. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. But yeah. it didn't even seem like House was like, hey, Cameron, dumbass. It seemed like House was like, with my incredible brain i pose what if yeah <laughs> this is like this is just like such a classic thing they have to do for like exposition is like have them make say, say just like insane straw man things so that the other person can be like here is the obvious reason that's not true <laughs> i also yeah. like how everybody is like super giving it to chase in this scene being like oh sweetie you forgot that someone who got shot would have an elevated heart and someone who had just run for 10 blocks would have an elevated heart rate. Yeah. Uh, they also discuss, like, they talk, like, Foreman refers to him as baby shoes, which I would have thought they would have, it would have been something along the lines of, like, I don't know, like, Leonard baby shoes Perkin or something. Yeah. But they just say baby shoes. Um, yeah. And uh, the, I do want, you do want, that's one of those, how'd you get that name situations where he's just like, well, you know how uh, some people have big feet. I don't. I have. I wear little <laughs> baby shoes. Um, so yeah, they they dispatch someone for him into his place. Total mess. He looks pretty concerned upon finding this out. Uh, in the meantime, House also goes to the police station, and he like tells the partner to 
like get rid of his parking tickets because and he's like she's like i thought you said he was doing better and he's like well, who knows what could happen so does house starting to kill a cop to another cop to get his yeah. parking tickets taken i know that care. that was a really lame bit but now that you mentioned that it's a threat to threat of murder i'm like that's pretty cool good for house yeah and she says okay she's like yeah fine don't murder my partner i'll get rid of your yeah, parking tickets it's such a weird interaction. This, this is probably, I think, minute for minute, the most legally actionable house episode, just on all sides. <laughs> we are. I would say it, it's tough to tell until you're kind of already in it a little. But I think um, we are in. We are entering the wacky balls to the wall era of house which will last for like another five seasons until we get to the boring melodrama era of house that ends Mm -hmm. on where i think it kind of uh it still has some crazy stuff but it starts to be more about the characters in a way that um maybe isn't as good as this kind of stuff where it's just it's like crazy Yeah, I think, like, later, it's equally crazy, but it's, like, when you see House, like, going to prison for his actions instead of being, like, we're going to cut away and never talk about that again. It's not as fun. Um, Yeah. I definitely think the more actionable and less realistic a House episode, the better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the foreman finds a grow operation at this cop's place. He just has a full hydroponic farm. Um, and he's, he like comes back and he's like teasing the cop about it. And it's like, well, maybe he says he's just high. Like that's foreman's theory. House is like, he has Legionnaire's disease. Cause I saw there was like a bad air conditioner unit in the, uh, station. And foreman is like. I think he's high. I think he has reefer madness. Yeah, he's <laughs> acting like someone who smoked pot in like a 1980s PSA. Yeah. Yeah. And like kind of all of the conversations around pot in this episode are very like reefer madness PSA. <laughs> like when Foreman's fucking like, oh, I'll put this, I'll put this lead vest over you unless the pot already made you sterile. Like, what? Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What is this? This is like a dare. Like he's the cop, but you're a dare officer. Like, yeah, this is like such classic foreman because like he has the decency to hate cops, but it's like worse to him because of the drug stuff. Like it's very much sort of the Norm Macdonald. I think the worst part about crooked cops, cops, is the hypocrisy. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, for real. It is. It is so fucking weird that it's not like yeah like of course of course cops smoke weed and still send prison to to send people to prison for smoking weed and that's fucked up and that's why i hate cops it's like oh on top of being a cop he's doing this evil thing (laughs) yeah um foreman said remember kids foreman says that winners don't do drugs uh, they should just have at the end of this episode they go you know we had a lot of fun with pot today <laughs> you should remember whether you're a cop i know or we've you're talked about this before but it is wild how this show treats marijuana versus like opiates yeah it's very it is it's very mid-2000s um where it's like 
you know, house smoking up a joint. Everyone's like, what? And he's like, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to delete it. And they pops a bottle of pills and they go, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. They So now the cop also is uh, getting, has like blindness, but he has like, he's like, conf- as Liz, the word Liz uh, taught me, confabulating. Um, mm. Where he is, uh, instead of thinking he's blind he is his brain is still processing sight incorrectly and he is he thinks he can see but what he is seeing is unrelated to reality (laughs) yeah this was super fun and it just shows what an insane stacked episode of house this is because they could have made that blindness like the whole premise of the episode yeah (laughs) but it's like the 10th most interesting thing (laughs) yeah it's a really cool symptom and like i my understanding of how sight actually works is that like 90 percent of our sight is just our brains being like i think i know what's there and then like there's like a little bit that is the actual input from the outside world but i mean you could argue yeah i get it (laughs) it's i mean Uh, by like by like necessity because you just wouldn't it wouldn't work otherwise you only have so much you're seeing like i think one of the wildest things is that you i don't know if you ever had the experience where you like think you see a spider and then it's a like a dust bunny or something but a lot of times you did you did see a spider there wasn't a spider (laughs) there but like i have definitely had the experience where i saw a spider and then i checked back and it's not but like it's not that i miss it's that i was seeing that because you know the part your your there's a part of your brain that's quicker to be like that could be dangerous let's assume it's that and then you can correct later and you're fine so yeah i mean the fact yeah it's so uh um yeah it's uh yeah. it's very cool and the way that they the way that um they illustrate it by having foreman grab the x-ray and yeah. like flip it around yeah. to the backside and see you see there's a blockage here and the guy's like oh okay yeah which <laughs> is not even, like which... such a cool moment it's yeah. yeah it's great also because it's again it's a sore thing where he's hearing him and so his the brain is filling in like oh okay yeah that's what we're looking at like yeah. we're we're not we're we're deal we're no 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 we're fine like it's literally the brain like <laughs> like just bullshitting its way through the conversation where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I see what you're saying. But he like literally is seeing something he's see, he thinks he is seeing, which is again, a real, I mean, I don't know if exactly like this, but that is definitely a thing where people, um, you know, in some ways we all think we're seeing. Uh, (laughs) Whenever they have a symptom like that, or like, when the guy thinks he's talking normally, but it's actually nonsense. Or like when Jayma Mays keeps being like, oh no, I didn't fall asleep just then. I just always think that like with my personality, I would be way more quick to just like believe the doctors. I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I'd seen same. stuff, but I guess not. Oh, well, cause it's wild. Cause from the cop's perspective, he thinks they're gaslighting him into thinking he's <laughs> blind. And he's like, I'm not. <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I can see. And like, they it's like, to his perspective when he's like what's dr cameron wearing and he gets it completely wrong he's like no i'm right <laughs> like i, I yeah. said it correctly like what are you talking about he's just like oh yeah this is the medical team that gaslights you i've heard about this it's true, yes. 
But that being said, it Sorry. is the medical team that gaslights you. So I can understand <laughs> his concern. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> all cops are blind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the uh, there's also uh, so then they're like, oh, we have to do an MRI. And Foreman gives this like ridiculously specific thing that was like, actually, yes! the bullets that Baby Shoes used were a hollow point Ferris 23, and he hit him at this angle, which means it would have broke. I'm like, have you literally just shot a cop before? Like, what is this? I, yeah, I love that it's a reference to Foreman being like a criminal from the streets, but their idea of a criminal is just like a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I love for the idea. You Columbo. <laughs> I love the idea of like crime nerd as a as yes. a personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. And I love that there's just a long reaction shot before House is finally like I just think it's really cool that you know that yes. in a way yeah. that seems really genuine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which, by the way, this is the first of our many goofs in this episode. Um, <laughs> like three of which are. Uh, but uh, it says virtually. Do you mean goof like a mistake or goof like we're having a fun time? Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, no, there's way more goofs time. than that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of goofs. Uh, this says <laughs> virtually all, if not, like if you thought that Foreman speech was nerdy, get a load of this shit. Virtually all, <laughs> if not all, Modern hollow points of any caliber are non-ferrous. Foreman's knowledge, which House finds so cool, is very unrealistic. You would need to know what country <laughs> the rounds were made in, how they were made, and any other number of facts about them to be able to make such a blanket statement as he did. Basically, though some rounds from other countries may have iron-based alloys in them, domestic rounds with the perpetrator may have gotten hold of probably wouldn't. I'm hearing a lot of probably and virtuallys in there, <laughs> wiki nerd. <laughs> yeah. um, sounds like he wasn't wrong he just made some assumptions yeah and it turns out he wasn't wrong right. because <laughs> yeah. uh yeah they uh bring um so foreman's being like really shitty to him because they do like an angio uh because they're like we gotta do we can't do an mri we have to do an angio and house is like that won't tell you anything and they're like it showed you had a claw and house is like what's the specific kind of claw and they're like i i don't know he's like yeah you wasted your time. Um, <laughs> and then House takes him to the morgue where he uh, shoots a gun of the exact kind yes. baby shoot House had. pulls out a gun. Yeah, right. baby gun, yeah. never yeah. shot, uh, <laughs> into a corpse's head. And I love, so the morgue worker, like, leans in. This morgue worker leans in and was like, uh, what? And House is like, I shot him. He's dead. Uh <laughs> And it's just a clever little bit of writing that, you know, it's it sounds yeah. like it's a causative statement, but it's just two unrelated just statements. <laughs> yeah, that scene is so fun. I, I didn't I don't remember this episode very well. And, you know, they're just like suddenly in the morgue and as, as he's talking is like opening up all the corpse drawers and like looking at the different bodies. And you're like, I don't know what's going on here, but. This something's gonna happen, and then it is better than your wildest dreams. He yes! fucking shoots a cor he produces a gun you did not know he had and shoots a fucking corpse in the head. Shoots like ex That's execution style. <laughs> yeah. Uh post execution style. Yeah. Um I would love to have a show about the morgue worker at Princeton Plainsboro, who's just like every day sees houses like, I don't know, set up three corpses and is playing poker or something. And he's just like, just put them <laughs> back when you're done, Greg, or whatever. Um, 
they uh and then this this will lead into our uh second and third goofs of the episode um because he he Someone does was like when you shoot a corpse it doesn't look like that at all yeah <laughs> uh he brings the corpse to the mri room and they activate the mri because house wants to prove cuddy comes up and is like house what are you doing uh that corpse is due at a funeral and in an hour um and i love that she's like you're gonna have to stand by the casket and explain it like that would make it much worse yeah can you you stop talking to me sir i'm just kind of trying to grieve yeah yeah and then he says, like, oh, no, this guy donated his body to science, which I think is probably why he was looking through all the drawers to find mm, one that makes- yeah, it was yeah, marked but- for donation. And then it's like, that's kind of, like, totally fucking fair. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, he still should cool. be shooting yeah. a gun at work, but, like, in terms of relationship to that body, like... Yeah, okay. I think there, there probably is, a, you know, some sort of form you're supposed to fill out beforehand. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, uh, sure. I don't think I morally, ethically, like pre-funeral, post-funeral. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, if yeah, you no, donate, I, I think if you donate your body to science, then you don't get to have a body at the funeral. I think it's just like. Off, I'm off going by the logic of this episode. I do what. The oh, okay, you're right. Sure. <laughs> I I was assuming that Cuddy was just like talking out her ass. Like I assume. Yeah, anyway. I would be. Um, here's but yeah, the thing. that's how I yeah. want to go. Getting like shooting ahead rather than just like a student being like, "Oh, that's where the liver is." Now I know that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can you donate your body to TV, and then they can use your corpse <laughs> to get to shoot a bullet into? Um, I I do I do that is a genuine thing where like I don't know if you could donate if you knew you're donating your body to be like uh, used for tissues for research or something cool or whatever if you're like a fucking glorified flash card i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) um yeah Yeah, i want to donate my body i want to donate my body to science but only science that fucking rocks yeah yeah you should be able to have a checklist of like how cool you insist it be you should be able to donate your body to the bodies exhibit but you get to choose the pose and items you're holding Someone's just like, wow, why is that one body giving double birds at the body exhibit? <laughs> um, you can do whatever you want to my corpse, but it must be wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I want to donate my body to uh, the turfs that look at bodies 10,000 years from now and are like, actually, these are women's hips. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah it's so uh the uh oh we're going to a shakespeare production you get your skull oh yeah oh Oh, yeah that's pretty cool i want to donate my skull to a hamlet it cannot be a modern day adaptation yeah no (laughs) set in gangland chicago i will come back and haunt you yeah i will haunt you uh I'm sorry. Did you say this is about Lori Lightfoot as Polonius? <laughs> this is unacceptable. <laughs> um, yeah. The, so uh, they 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 say that the Cameron thinks Foreman should be taken off the case because he is uh, enjoying tormenting this cop, which they're starting to suspect is because yeah. he has Joker disease, and they are correct. Omar has 
really good in this episode. Yeah. Like, it, the, the way it, like, dawns on you that he's Joker-fied, I think is really good. He, so, yeah. he sells it because knowing what this episode was, like, from the description and being like, oh, I kind of remember that, I knew that Foreman was going to get it. But I even so the first couple scenes where he's starting to become Jokerified, I did not. Yeah, it really on. works yeah. because at first you're like, who wouldn't laugh at a cop in pain? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I really feel like, like, I really don't like Foreman as a character in general. I just think he's kind of a flop most of the time. Really interesting. But okay. Jokerified Foreman, I, it just really makes me realize, like, O.R. Epps is a really good performer, and I'm just, yeah. like, not into Foreman. But, like, when, <laughs> yeah, his, I... when his neurology is a little bit different, it's like, fuck yeah, here we fucking go. No, that's, that's television, baby. <laughs> yeah, I really agree with Sarah Golub's take that, like, you eventually realize like Foreman and Cameron are really good characters. You just like hate them. So you don't notice <laughs> it at first, but then you're like, yeah, oh, yeah that, those are real fully fleshed out people. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. I do also hate Cameron at least as much as I hate Foreman. So it's not racist. I do think Cameron. <laughs> uh, that's something House himself would say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think Cameron's a little worse as a character only because I think that the the level of unforced error with her at times <laughs> just feels a little bit too much like yeah you are definitely sometimes like you are not an adult let alone exactly. a person with a medical degree whereas like the, the big thing about foreman is just that he's just also a dick like he's not like yeah. <laughs> a performative dick the way house is so you don't yeah. always realize it but he's a dick he's like a jerk and that's you know Foreman is like a little bit more I think like how most doctors are where they're like as awful as house but they understand how to function in the world um I mean this as always when I complain about doctors it doesn't include Liz of course not of course not (laughs) yeah yeah a dab except Liz yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh so the um a dab bell a dab bell yeah (laughs) Uh, a dabble. Um, so yeah, the the house really fucks this one up because he uh, brings the corpse to the machine, activates the MRI, it immediately sucks the bullet out of his head and destroys the machine and blacks out the God, room. God, it's so fucking good. It's like Cuddy is riding him, and House basically does like a full on eighties sitcom. Well, what could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> makes the whole room go dark it's so fucking good yeah and i don't know if you guys had this like because it sucks the guy's head up he like sits up and i was like instinctively for a moment like zombie (laughs) (laughs) oh he's alive he's not this is the episode where house makes the last of us happen yeah (laughs) Just That's why it had to be two parts to resolve the last of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, 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 they they managed to resolve it. They had to bring in they should have brought in house in Last of Us instead of that uh Indonesian uh mushroom lady. And then he would he would have fixed it. Um <laughs> yeah. so uh here are the other here's the other couple goofs. Uh 
After destroying the MRI machine, Chase correctly points out that the technicians will have to, quote, shut down the magnet to repair the damage. In other words, the magnet MRI machine is always on, and therefore the bullet would have been pulled out of the corpse the moment it got into the room. It would not wait until the corpse is put in the inside the MRI machine, and it certainly would not wait for the push of a button. It's hard to imagine House did not understand this beforehand. It's like, well, first of all, in-universe, ah. this is what happened, so he understands how the MRI works <laughs> in this universe. Um... Also, I feel like it's pretty common for it to be like fully shutting down a machine is different. Like sometimes I've had like a broken phone where it like says it's off, but then it like just, you know, it like I find out it set it resent a text while it was off. Like I feel like you can understand like what he's saying in that part. Yeah, I definitely get how when you're watching something that you personally have a lot of inside knowledge about, it it can kind of take you out of it to be like, okay, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. But you do sort of just have to be like, on this show, that's how it works. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta chill out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think you just accept it, yeah. I feel like when people, like, write an article in, like, their niche trade magazine that's like, my MRI Weekly article is about this house episode getting it wrong. I think that's very cute, and it's like, I'm happy for you that you've had something to write about, but, like, don't bring it onto the house wiki. That's for house fans. Well, that's, like, (laughs) when people used to, like, or used to tolerate Neil deGrasse Tyson's shtick, because his stuff (laughs) used to be stuff that was, like, you know, his big thing, oh, he went on The Daily Show and he said their globe was spinning the wrong way. Or like, mm. oh, you know, in the movie Gravity or something, like, uh, actually, you wouldn't be able to see the stars from that angle. Like something where it's like, oh, a movie kind of said in real life. And then he started to be like, in Star Wars, they use the Force, but that's magic and it's not real. And it's like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, he just like started being like, um, Freddy Krueger wouldn't be able to kill you in your dream, then it's not a dream. Yeah. <laughs> I, he did, the I mean. The brainwaves I, associated with dreaming can't make you have a yeah. knife cut into your neck. Uh, REM sleep <laughs> does not transport you to a dream arena in which Freddy Krueger can murder you. In fact, your dreams are a fiction occurring uh, inside your own head, and they do not have any relation to uh, murderer Freddy Krueger. I do like that, <laughs> even though uh, the man had other problems aside, I saw someone shared a uh, um, uh, Norm MacDonald quote tweet of Neil deGrasse Tyson when Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, uh fact check the universe is an empty uncaring place or something and norm mcdonald had a great quote tweet that was like actually uh you're the one who has incorrectly separated yourself from the universe we are inherently uh tied up and a part of the universe and therefore if you care for others the universe indeed cares for us and i was like thank you norm for fucking (laughs) kicking sand in the face of that nerd yeah. Um, who just who norm's done uh has, you know said some <laughs> stuff over the years that wasn't great but neil degrasse tyson has too so um the uh yeah he also was one of those ones where i think he he's one of those guys who was like i don't know we could be in a simulation and it's like that's religion for reddit nerds like it's just like <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. You're in a simulation. What's the programmer's name? Is it Allah? Okay, then you're just a Muslim, and that's fine. You don't have to like. I don't understand what's why you think you're so smart about this. Um, 
Anyway, uh, the other goof that's also tied to this says, also, an MRI is an expensive piece of technology. House may have destroyed a couple of hundred thousand dollars, depending on how extensive the damage was. The goof is not so much that House did not do that. It's that Cuddy is way too cool about it. And I just don't think they show the scene where she's that upset. This is also an episode where they've started just straight up telling people that they break into their homes and the patient rolls with that as well. He's a cop. He's a cop. I love the way they say it. They go, we dispatched someone to your home. And I want them to be like, what? You don't. (laughs) We dispatched people to people's homes. Did you get a warrant? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, Foreman never decides to sue his boss, who's like, part of it is you have to break into homes that have deadly illnesses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so also, it's so funny. This is maybe a little bit off topic, but it's on the topic of house. Um, <laughs> it's so funny how at a couple different points in this episode, people are like, that's just the job in reference to breaking into people's homes. I and like, no, it is not. That's just your job. That's you're the only doctors doing that. <laughs> they act like I knew what I was signing up for when I <laughs> took my Hippocratic oath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it says do no harm, not break, no enter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, they, they keep talking about having to go back to Joe's apartment, which I think is an MTV show. Um, no, it's a movie, because I remembered, like, it was one of the movies at the video store that always stuck out to me, because it has all these, like, cockroaches on the cover. There right, was, like, yeah, and he's standing like, in the doorway with, like, his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were probably going to the same video store. It was probably always faced yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic rental store cover that haunts your nightmares. <laughs> uh, going to the video store, now that was an experience. Anyway. God, I miss it. That's the, that's the shit. That really was... Ugh. It is, you didn't know how good we had it. It is also wild now, because I'll sometimes talk about this with Liz, where I'll be like, because I, I, she's not wrong, where we'll be like, oh, we'll watch, like, we should watch something on one of the multiple streaming services we have access to. And I'm like, do you remember we used to go pay more for a limited selection of stuff? And you can pay like four bucks to watch anything now. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. though, to be fair, you are paying for the streaming services. So it's not like you're, uh, anyway. Um, they put Foreman in, uh, so Foreman gets more and more Jokerified. So they toss him in the Joker hole with the cop. Uh, <laughs> Joker hole. Yeah, they, they <laughs> toss him in the Joker hole. Everyone who interacts has to go in a hazmat suit. Um, Cameron's like he should be here, or we should be down there doing the differential with him. Uh, and she's like, it's not like he's irrational. And it's like, yes, he is. What are you talking yeah. about? Um, he is irrational. He's, uh, has a brain disease like the other guy and is clearly affecting his faculties, um, as we will soon see. Uh, so they, she and they, uh, are like, oh, we want, um, so House wants to do a, he, he brought, so he wants to do a, um, biopsy on Foreman. Foreman has decided it's a staph infection and says that they should drill into uh, their skulls and do a tube of uh, medicine. I forget what it is. It's not interferon. That's the only one I remember the name of that they put a line of something into. They want to put a line of uh, cocaine right into their skull. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, 
at all do something. And um, so House, I I like this that he first off House Foreman objects because House is like, oh, legion or whatever. Staff infection is most commonly, and Foreman's like, uh, uh, I'll stop you right there. Uh, every week we do least commonly. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's like, I want to see the MRI you did on me because they were able to do an MRI on him because he doesn't have uh, bullets in his head. And the and I like that House has it with him because he knew that he was going to get away without showing him the MRI. So he did bring it with him. And uh, Foreman's like, no, I want the uh, medicine tube. I'm not I don't want the biopsy. Um, then House uh, has his Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter era where he is uh, <laughs> messing around with Foreman's brain, doing the biopsy, even though he said he wants the tube uh, of medicine. And uh, it's a weird scene where Foreman's like he's doing the things when they do brain surgery and you have to like uh, do stuff actively so that they can be sure they're not nicking anything uh, mm. important. Um, and so Chase is doing the like, what's this shape? What's this shape? <laughs> and uh, he's naming them. And then House starts asking him uh, questions about like through his memory and Foreman's like, and I have no idea how true this is but like wait a minute the the uh this feels like like inside out logic almost the degree which is like <laughs> wait you uh you're in my memory palace but you're supposed to be uh tapping my shaposphere um and uh i know like obviously different parts of the brain are responsible for different functions but like i don't actually know if they do such specific questions based off where they're doing the surgery i kind of assumed they want to monitor all the functions because so much of it's in interconnected and i heard about one brain surgery in italy that was like for nine hours and they had the guy playing saxophone the whole time which <laughs> theoretically is cool but That's too long to play saxophone. Too long I wouldn't want to do either of those things for nine hours. And also, <laughs> as a surgeon, I'd be like, wow, this seemed like a good idea three hours ago. <laughs> I am. I hope he was good. Yeah, I am so tired. Oh, what if you only knows one song? You're like, come on, something besides Star Spangled Banner. Oh, my God. I assumed he was a jazz saxophonist, but it's all ska. What if he only knows Hot Cross Buns? Great. Oh, no. Also, like, it'd be funny. They finish uh, the surgery after nine hours and they close up his head and they're all like, all right, time to go. And he just continues playing saxophone and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have had him do at least one other thing while we were doing this. Before. Oh, no. We, we accidentally rewired everything to his saxophone cortex. <laughs> the esophagus um, maximus. Yeah. Oh no, we nicked his funk, uh, funkabellum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Foreman, surprisingly, not as mad as you think he'd be. I guess he just <laughs> sort of is like, well, fuck it. <laughs> I guess I'm getting a biopsy. Um, yeah. He's, I, feel like I mean, and House, so I, oh, I was just. I feel like Foreman and House have a very like game respect game relationship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say there's like so so much going on with Foreman right now that I feel like we can't expect him to respond to anything the way we would expect him to. <laughs> That's a good point. 
uh, especially because he clearly takes this lesson and goes, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, a flagrant invasive uh, disregard for someone's <laughs> bodily autonomy in service of your goals? <laughs> no. And then he uh, grabs a needle that was being used on him to stab Cameron in the leg so that he essentially is like, there, now you have it too. Now you have to go back to Joe's apartment, which she wanted to do and could have. House points out like, oh, this was an excuse. He shows up there. Um, how the apartment does look like a set from The Last of Us, uh, yeah. which the, also like yeah. someone put up like biohazard signs there, so it's like there were actual professionals who should be there, there, but uh, none of them are like on the case. They're just like, oh, we put up signs. That's our thing. You think also they would <laughs> have been able to go wearing a hazmat suit like she does? Like it, I, I know yeah. he's like really worried about it, which is not crazy and they have a scene where wilson comes in and he's like house you know you're being too cautious and he's like yeah i guess we can't all raw dog cancer patients can we and wilson's <laughs> like well fair um, um if we can just backtrack a little bit to the moment when foreman stabs cameron oh yes. yeah so we and should actually says, talk about that scene. yeah sorry we yes should, uh, and yeah. says <laughs> and, was, and says whatever he said does he say if i die you die or does he well, so he's, now he's, you like, have or now, he's like now you'll have to go back there to save the cop save me oh, yeah. and save yourself yeah yeah, yeah. and what <laughs> i want to say about that is that's television, baby. That, oh, yeah. that, that that's television. <laughs> I have such an insane respect for House watching this because it's a two-parter. And it's so easy to imagine a show ending on that, on him exposing Cameron, or even ending on realizing Foreman's exposed. But they really <laughs> fucking earned that two-parter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, I, I mean, yeah. they also, because they, in the mean, kind of alongside this, I forget exactly when it happens, but the cop is ha starts like uh, having unbelievable pain. Foreman like injects morphine directly into him and doesn't help because it's just like his pain center of his brain is just completely, constantly firing. It doesn't matter that he has the uh, morphine. Would this, is that, that, seems like it maybe it's right because i think that morphine um slows down or blocks pain signals from the body and would not be able to go into the brain so the blood brain barrier i'm very much speculating it didn't say goof so i assume i'm right um so <laughs> yeah. i do think it does seem like it does seem like that could happen because it, brain yeah. do pain does come from your brain yeah and what i have to say about that is that fucking sucks <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's horrifying because it's. Cause the, I think they had to make this character a cop because he does get super fucking owned even more than all other house characters. So oh, it's yeah. like, okay, it's good. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah they have to make him a cop and, and also make him into a person. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they yeah. They have to make him a cop and also make him do drugs so that nobody will yeah. like him. Also, <laughs> yeah. They uh. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, because I do think morphine blocks, like, signals from pain receptors elsewhere from reaching the brain. But if it's just tricking itself into thinking it's getting yeah. pain signals all the time, even though they aren't coming from anywhere, then I guess that wouldn't do anything. Um, there's also <laughs> an, another goof, which says, the fact that Foreman knowingly and willingly stabbed a colleague with an infected needle would be legally considered grounds for revoking a physician's license. <laughs> 
Assis only happened because Chase left the needle in the room, especially following his earlier mistake. He likely would have faced sanctions as well. Cameron should have known better than to leave the hospital and potentially infect people outside. So, That's, goofs all around. Their opinion of a goof is like anything that they personally don't find plausible. Like, like, yeah. They're like, he shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. It's not a goof. Yeah, they shouldn't do anything that they do on this show. Yeah. It's all bad Every behavior. That's what the show is like. If this if this team didn't exist, they would just be ac- actually be jigsaw. So like, yeah. fortunately, they're at least curing people with diseases. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's pretty rough, also, because they put the cop into a coma, and Foreman's like, "Look, his EEG is showing theta waves. He's still he's unconscious, but he's still feeling complete pain." And Chase is oh like, God. "You don't know that," but. I don't know. That seems plausible given this crazy thing that's <laughs> yeah. happening, which is wild because that means that, like, he doesn't even know where he is. He's just existing in pain dimension. Oh, like, this is some Silly. sort of, like, Hellraiser shit this cop yeah. they put this cop into where he's, like... <laughs> it almost seems worse. If that is the case, that almost seems worse than leaving him awake because if he's awake, I guess he can sort of be, like, I don't know, uh, God, I spy, yeah. ah, uh, uh, window... But if this is it, it's just 100% pain, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, very grim. <laughs> you gotta love the houses where they um, fucking trap a cop in the negaverse or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really felt like when Foreman and um, Officer Joe got locked in that room together... <laughs> And Officer Joe is like, uh, do you pray? And then Foreman's like, no. And Officer Joe's like, oh, neither do I. I really thought there was going to be a big sort of like, we just need to set aside our differences. And, you know, the cops and the people who hate cops, they're, we're all just humans and we need to come <laughs> together. And I was really glad that we didn't get that like moment because it really felt like they were ramping up toward it. Yeah. I, that was probably, like, something that was, like, on the writer's room whiteboard at some point, and I'm so glad that someone was like, mm, I kind of like pain coma. Should we just say yeah. pain coma? <laughs> All right, I hear what you're saying about uh, having them reconcile, and we learn about policing uh, and race relations in America, but what if we send him to the pain dimension? <laughs> um, alternate alternate idea. And he ends up dying, uh, and Foreman's, like, really upset, obviously, because he's like, uh... House keeps a time of death. And, uh, uh-oh. Things look grim for Foreman, because we get to be continued. Um, yeah. they, oh, they, and they found, uh, there was a bunch of pigeon poop, and, because uh, House cleverly is, like, when he's dragging stuff out, he's, like, three fresh loaves of rye bread. That's implausible. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a really good detail to be, like, oh, a guy whose fridge has, like, coke beer and just a slice of pizza on a plate paper plate would not have loaves of bread <laughs> yeah um because they figure out he's been collecting pigeon poop but to house of chagrin it does not uh have the this virus that would have explained everything so yeah he's um, been collecting pigeon poop not just recreationally but to fertilize his marijuana plants yes which is a very poor 
series of choices, I think. Yeah, I'm shocked I, that like, that's not where the disease came from. He should have got something from that. That's so Yeah, good. like a cop who is also growing weed should have enough money to just buy the fertilizer. Like, yeah. well, like he says like he has something else cheap. going on. He what? He call, how specifically calls him cheap. So uh, mm-hmm. the, the other thing, though, is that the, That's an insane degree, though. He's yeah. still, like, getting takeout and stuff, but he's yeah. not buying I think he has, he has, like, a weird relationship to filth. Like, there's some kind of hoarder yeah, disorder or something fair. that's yeah. not really explored. And honestly, I really thought that, like, why does he live like this <laughs> would be more of a question that was pursued. But it's just kind of like, oh, he's just gross. But, <laughs> yeah. Something's wrong there. <laughs> he makes completely insane choices, and House should not be like, "Oh, this is a classic cheap person." <laughs> should we? Do we? Are we calling it now that when we do the next part, Katie? Do you want to come back just to, for? Uh, yeah, let's do it, baby. Yeah, let's do it. All right, just to, to have it be a true House of House two-parter as well. Yeah. Um, so we can end this episode with me in the pain dimension. Oh, will no. she get out? <laughs> will, she, will she get out? Uh, yeah, I mean, we could start uh, uh, wrapping up on this one pretty soon, I think. The, oh, the other thing that is weird is that he um, doesn't uh, – he implies that he grows all of this pot for his own use. That's <laughs> yeah, so he, much! It's so fucking much weed! Because the cop <laughs> – Foreman's like, and you were growing weed, and the cop's like, this is a stressful job. And it's like, okay <laughs> – Wait a minute. So first off, you're 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 lying and saying you're not selling this. And also, obviously, the point is he's a hypocrite. But uh, if having a stressful job is enough reason that you should be allowed to do pot, then. Hmm. Speaking of euphoria, I watched that episode where uh, Rue's mom finds her ten thousand dollars worth of pills in a suitcase and throws them out, and she keeps being like, "It wasn't mine." thinking about how like this drug dealer is gonna kill her now and i just kept being like her mom should believe her (laughs) you found a suitcase of ten thousand dollars of pills and uh apparently that is just a common theme in things called euphoria is people having insane Uh amount of drugs and being like oh no that that seems like a personal use amount you know what uh uh, sorry, this is so much late in the game, but it would have been great if when he pointed the gun at baby shoes, he said, looks like it should have been baby shoes, never born. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. I like it. I um, do you think coming up with that, like, throughout the whole episode, like, distracted in your brain while we're talking, just being like, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. We can do this. We can do this. Yeah. It's um, like how dolphins have half of their brain asleep at any given when they're sleeping and the other half like watching for predators he's he's half of his brain is running this episode and half is just like workshopping a pun yeah that's me (laughs) uh that's so wild i wonder what i wonder it's like to be a dolphin and you're just like uh (laughs) someone's just like i wonder all the time yeah i mean i think it's fucking great Probably. You're just a, a delightful sociopath. Yeah. And and you can shut off half your brain. They was they have this the uh, dream. Literally yeah, you my can dream. Half dream. Mm-hmm. You're dreaming yeah. and you're going about your day. That sounds like a real vanilla sky situation. Um that's not really that's not relate. Uh 
I saw something <laughs> of an octopus who they put another uh they like introduced a new octopus to its tank and these are like little ones and they they had like holes in it they put in a talenti jar and they thought because i guess they give it food puzzles and so they thought it was like it maybe thought it was a food puzzle and stuck one of its tentacles in realized it was just another octopus and was like ah oh, fuck off i have a roommate now and like <laughs> left to the other side of the tank um, yeah that's fair i would be pissed if like i ordered uber eats and then it was just like a guy who lives with me now yeah. like, <laughs> hey yeah, like, oh are you my delivery driver no i'm your new roommate <laughs> um yeah i really respect that about octopuses how much they just don't want to see another fucking octopus yeah (laughs) they're much more on board with people i guess it's like not really liking people but wanting to have a dog do you think (laughs) the same way that people uh you know think of like cthulhu as like a uh octopoid uh elder god that for octopi they just think of humans as like elder gods they're like ah they're so scary they don't look normal like a head with a bunch of tentacles they look weird <laughs> like that um also in the scene where they uh according to wiki in the scene where they do the echo echocardiogram they find found that the heart was healthy and without clots they are looking for the source of a possible brain embolism they just check the legs for dvt unless the heart has a permeable oval foramen there is no way an embolus can get to the brain from the legs they only get to the lung, producing a PE. And since they said that the heart was healthy, meaning no permeable foramen, they were just losing time. That, or it is an error in the script. Um, <laughs> wow. This is this person. I wish them the best, and I hope that they find a friend. <laughs> yeah, Liz, you should use that uh, as one of the questions for the uh, for a question. Whether. Uh, uh if a heart without uh i can send it to you you don't want to see it though i don't, don't. know what i just read um <laughs> do we have so this is i mean this is only part one so we'll have uh you know more that we'll be jumping into um if we want to start uh winding down oh, wait a second there are two goof sections of this wiki <laughs> one of them is that long list of goofs uh, and then oh, apparently Foreman's patient file number is eight six seven five three zero nine, which cute. Yeah, that's cute. Um, <laughs> and the precinct that Doctor House visits outside is a representation of uh, will be later used for Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ooh. Yeah. Um, a show which uh, I don't know. It, it was fine in the last season where they were like, we have to dig into this, uh, and it's like. I don't know. You live in a magical world where there are cops who are nice and empathetic and do their job the way they should. You, I don't know if you have to be like, uh, we, I, I mean, it was okay, but it felt very odd to just be like, and now a very special season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, yeah, I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but since you started it, I do understand. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I do understand panicking. And being like, sure. oh no, cops are now like the one thing that we shouldn't have done a cute sitcom about. What do we, how do we course correct? But it was like, I totally get it from within the writer's room, but they should have just wrote it out. They were almost done. 
Just it was also that. just so weird as someone who pays like any amount of attention to things. Like, I don't even think I pay a good amount of attention to things, but I was like, I mean, you developed this show around like Ferguson. Like, it just felt so <laughs> yeah. weird that it was like, oh, now we know. I was like, there were jokes about that in Harold and Kumar. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, again, you just kind of have to be like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's fine. They have John C. McGinley come in as the union guy and like, oh, he's bad. And like, it is a li- so I don't know why this is because also it is very cool that like um started the Griffin started the trend because he played like a cop on blue like a computer nerd oh, yeah. cop on blue blood so he uh, donated some money and then like um uh oh god I'm blanking on her name uh from Encanto and Brooklyn Nine Nine uh Beatrice. Stephanie Beatrice right yeah I think it's pronounced Beatrice Beatrice sorry. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice uh, donated, also then followed up and donated a bunch of money, which is super cool of her and a very good and cool thing to do. Um, but it was a little silly that they were like, uh, she's going to leave and only become a detective who investigates hate crimes now, which is like what they tried to do with Law and Order. Yeah, it, that was like so stupid because it was like, if you're a private detective, unless you're a vigilante, which I think would be really cool, it's like you're just handing them over to the cops at the end. Like, it's just a cop with an extra step. Yeah, which I know what they were trying to do. And I appreciate them, yeah. like, trying to go for it. Um, it's it's just, I don't know. I think it was sort of weird because I remember someone, there was, like, a big viral tweet that was, like, in the new season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it should just turn out that they're all post office workers now with no explanation. And it's like, maybe you're giving too much importance to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it anyone was, had a sign like... while they were marching that was like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine needs to alter their <laughs> last season significantly. <laughs> it's, so, it's so silly to be like, we should, uh, like, do a full reboot. Because it's like, I liked the show, and, but it had gone on long enough. Like, everyone was married and Amy and Jake had a baby. Like, we yeah. can call it. We don't have to yeah. like, oh, God, how do we have Brooklyn <laughs> and I feel like they, they did ad- maybe I'm totally misremembering I do think they earlier did address some stuff with like whole dealing yeah. with like racial which stuff. I like again was like not good <laughs> yeah like, what the shitty fans to be like oh they actually address it and it's like that's not how yeah works. <laughs> they I know it's just so like I don't know it's um it was, I guess, it wasn't quite as bad as when the Big Bang guys did Manhattan Project 2. Um, <laughs> that was wild that you find out in the series finale that all the research they were doing was to create a more destructive nuclear weapon. I was like, wow, that's wild. I can't believe when Sheldon turned and said, now I am become death twice, destroyer of more worlds. And I was like, whoa, that's nuts. Um, anyway uh do we want to do uh, but i was yeah. i was in the process of asking oh sorry sorry, sorry. about the episode <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um i don't think i don't think so i would well i would like to say perhaps i am biased because he's my missoula boy but i think scott michael kibble is really fucking good in this episode i job. think it's a yeah. great performance i feel like a lot of the time the like patient I just don't really think about their performance unless they're like a, a really good get. And I'm um, thinking like about them for that LL reason. Cool yes. Yeah. Like that. But yeah. I really, I oh. really felt like you knocked it out of the park. 
This just I, made me yeah. think that the, that more shows should have a Joker disease episode because it's yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> if it you is. want your characters to get an Emmy, fucking give them Joker disease. Uh, I do also. Yeah. I, I really quickly just want to say, just to, to, to cap off the advice you mentioned, I'm of course uh, a little white Jew with uh, relatively less threat by the cops if you i don't mean to like dismiss if it bothers you that everyone loved brooklyn 99 and it was uh you know and it's a complicated show whatever i don't mean to dismiss anyone's legitimate concerns and stuff they have i just it is of my opinion that the level of attention that some people gave to be like <laughs> what are they gonna do was a little silly given the yeah, real yeah, world no, having, having legitimate concerns that like cops are cute and funny that is legitimate. Yeah. Being like, no, show- oh no, what will Brooklyn Nine-Nine do is yeah. what's stupid. <laughs> I also um, think that like, it's obviously sucked and then everyone's fixes for it sucked more is like my, more yeah. my issue. <laughs> and also like, not to like, you know, pit stuff against each other, but like Law and Order has been around for so many decades and I think it's got to be, because that one's not even like, oh, we're comedy. They're just like, literally we'll just have episodes where they're like, Oh, it's so messed up that uh, Detective Stabler can't beat up that suspect <laughs> or else the, you know, oh, internal affairs guy is hounding us about not following their rights. Oh, their defense attorney said that we shouldn't beat them up. Um, but anyway. Can uh, yeah, I actually say one more thing about the yes. episode before we wrap up? Oh, yeah. I, this... I'm assuming that this will be addressed a little bit in part two, but I'm really enjoying how Foreman in this episode is behaving in some troubling and erratic ways, um, (laughs) particularly by stabbing his coworker. (laughs) And I really like that. I'm not totally sure if that's like disease brain or if that is just like pure survival (laughs) instinct. If he's just genuinely like, they're going to fucking let me die what what can I do? I ca- I could kind of go either way, mm-hmm. and I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. It, I, I like that too. It's ambiguous. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's too much shipping report stuff, is there? Um. Well, toss it over to me, and I'll tell you. Is there? Uh, so here's my shipping report. Um, so obviously I wrote down uh, House being into Foreman because he knows a lot about guns mm, was okay, incredible. Sure, sure, yes. um, and also this episode just really made me wish that they'd done uh, Foreman Cameron instead of Cameron Chase because there's just a lot of substance there. There's two make each other go fucking sicko mode. And I would have liked <laughs> to see it play out. Yeah, that's good stuff. Can um, I get it on the shipping report for just a second? Yeah, of course. In the moment where Cameron comes out of the disease department and House is just like sitting there, is <laughs> like, why does nobody ever listen to me? Um, there was there was something just so sensual when he like he like take. I can't even remember what he takes. Oh, he takes like the bag of disgusting trash from her. But there is just like a look in his eyes as he's taking this trash from her. I don't even ship House and Cameron, but I was like, mm, all right, well, let's do it. These, <laughs> Fuck all yeah. the ships on this show only have chemistry when they're not trying to push them as ships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So do we want to review the first half of uh, this two-parter? Hell yeah. 
Oof, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say right out of the gate, I give this five. This is top tier house to me. This is, I am so happy we're getting into the real nutso stuff. Um, you got the, you know, for, I mean, for me, nutso joker disease, great stuff. Uh, isolation box, joker box. Uh, Foreman stabbing Cameron to get her in, in through a gambit. Gambits are occurring. We are in the gambit <laughs> era of house. So I am all on board. Yeah, I also give it five. Any episode of a TV show where it could be an episode of Gotham, if you just change the names, I am in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it 4.5. Because I think that the way it conceptualizes of uh, of marijuana <laughs> and the, and the relation between cops and not cops um, takes me out of it a little bit. It's very like of its time in that way. Um, but it's fucking, aside from that, it is a fucking killer episode. Like I've been on the show a couple times um, and I feel like, revisited a couple of real stinker episodes and i was like do i not actually like house but no we're back baby this is how this is we're the house we're this in the house. fucking golden age yes. baby yeah this is the fucking one where yeah yeah unhinged shit fucking people are just... stabbing each other with needles lesbians are never sleeping people yeah. are talking <laughs> to god that's house baby yeah this and lenny you're so Lenny, you're so right that there was like so much in this episode that they could have just done that thing or like, oh, that could have been the climax. And it's it's just a fucking episode with like 10 climaxes in it. Like, yeah, fuck, it, it fucking rules. It's incredible. Yeah, they were like, House has a gun now is going to be like one plot point, not even <laughs> one act. Just like- yeah, do you remember that one of my, yeah, that's a scene. And that was, by the way, I feel like now I kind of regret that we canceled the what if House had a gun segment because we finally learned. <laughs> we did that in the first few episodes and then I was like, all right, this is getting yeah, boring. The answer is if House had a gun, everyone would be like, oh, you. Yeah. This isn't the <laughs> ideal way to go about this. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Katie. Uh, we'll yes. have you back uh, very soon for the next episode so we can uh, hell yeah. this off. Hell Red yeah. Easton, hell Forward yeah. To it. Yeah. <laughs> thank Plugs. you, Consider <laughs> Am I supposed to plug? Yeah, sure. Go hello, for it. hello. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Katie L. Wright. You can also follow my podcast, Brett Easton Hell Yes, at uh, Brett Easton Pod. There are there's a good number of episodes already up on iTunes or whatever you get your podcasts, and there are more episodes coming up sometime in the next couple of months. Uh, and that's it for me. Hey, uh, uh, follow. Me. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham, and you can check out my other podcast, Chapter Surfing. It's got some great episodes with Katie talking about you and Game of Thrones and Dublin murders. So check those out. And uh, Andrew Taven, andrewtaven.com. Uh, you can check what shows I have coming up. There are some, and you can come see those. And uh, also, Sound Snacks that I did with Casey is now on podcast platforms. So you can check it out on your Apple Podcast or your Google Podcast. That's Sound Snacks, two words, and there is a Z instead of an S at the end of the second snacks. That's an <laughs> audio sketch show with 
voices from Griffin Newman, Sarah Hartshorn, Alex Edelman, uh, Alex Patak, and more. Some of them, friends of the show. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, from all of us here at the House of House, to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to the pain dimension. No. <laughs> Tune in next time to find out what happens to Katie.